Today, I want to challenge you guys um, with something I think I've been challenging myself with, and we're going to be talking about um, this theme of what are you going to do this next year? What are you going to do this next year? And I'm really excited for 2021 because um, it kind of transitioned for me. At first, it was this thing, I would say probably back in June or July of this year, that it was like, oh man, I can't wait for 2021 because then COVID's going to be gone. Um, COVID won't be a thing anymore. We'll be able to have all-nighters for youth. Church will be inside where it's not cold and freezing. And we all look like we're like from Alaska. We have like 15 layers on. Like, man, 2021 is going to be great. And we're still kind of in that moment where COVID is going to probably go into next year. Maybe we might be able to meet like this for six months, but who knows? But, but I'm not excited for 2021 for that kind of new, fresh start. Uh, I'm more excited for 2021 to see what God's going to do, not only here at this church and, and through the pastors and myself who are on staff here, but I'm really excited for 2021 and what God is going to do through you guys. Uh, I'm really excited to see how God's going to challenge you to move in ways that may be uh, in your church history that you've never done before. Uh, I want to see how God's going to stretch you and challenge you to find new creative ways to serve, to give, to be the church that God has called you to be. Because just like Christmas was needed so much this year because everything was put on hold, things were postponed, a lot of things were put under restriction, I think us as a church body, doing church on live stream and, and having to really discover what church looks like, I think maybe you are also ready for something new in your faith. I also think you're ready for this like fresh start to where you're gonna say, man, this year has been put on restriction and maybe my serving, my faith has been put on hold. But this new year, I want it to be something different. And I'm really excited to see what God is going to do. Because if you're honest with yourself, and I know I was, I really didn't do a whole lot this year. I didn't really do much this year. Um, I remember when, uh, it was really weird because I had my bachelor uh, weekend like the weekend where um, COVID became like something like real. So it was like in, um, in March and the COVID was like, oh, it's over there in China and it's over in Europe. And, and my, my wife, she's Italian. So she has some family over in Italy and they, they were on super, you know, like lockdown, shut down. Everyone was like staying indoors. And I was like, oh, it's like something like way over there. So me and my boys were like, hey, let's go down to San Diego. You know, it's the last weekend. I'm going to be a bachelor. Woohoo! right? And let's just like celebrate. Let's just have a good time. So we're having fun. We're over there on birds, running around the town, feeling like king of, you know, San Diego, all this stuff, right? And then we come back and I'm like, man, that was such a fun weekend. I can't wait back to go to church. You know, I can't wait to go to youth ministry. We have an all-nighter plan in just a week. Man, there's going to be so many fun things. And I come back home and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, uh, things got shut down. And I was like, whoa, what happened? Like what happened to like life? And then all of a sudden church got shut down and we moved to gathering from inside to just being strict on live stream. And I remember when we first did that, I probably enjoyed it, to be honest, for like two to three weeks. Because normally I would have to get up at 6.30 a.m. to get ready. I don't normally look this good when I wake up. Um, and that hurts that you left. But um, there's a lot of prep that goes into it. And, you know, I have to wake up at 6.30 to get ready, to look good, to be here at church. But when COVID first started, we were doing church strictly online. Man, I got up at 8.50, right before the 9 a.m. service, and I was still in my PJs, which is a sight you would not want to see, um, but went downstairs, turned on the coffee, got on the couch, you know, like snuggled up, heard like the ringing of the coffee, said, hey, it's done. Walked over there, got my bougie Starbucks cup, got my ice from the ice making machine, poured my shots, 
poured a lot of vanilla, maybe too much vanilla into it, and my creamer and just shook that thing up, went back to the couch, opened up my laptop. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't get used to this. And just sitting there, relaxed, super warm, super comfortable. And then week two came along, and I'm like, okay, kind of getting into the rhythm, 8.50. I have five minutes to make my coffee. We have the five-minute countdown with that song. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, cool. I have this many minutes until I got to go. Week three comes along, and I'm like, the coffee's nice. The couch is comfy. But man, I'm not really getting the full church experience. I'm not really feeling this like faith thing because now I'm not having to wake up early and get in this rhythm. I'm not having to drive. And I'm not having to meet people and see you know, new faces and talk about their life and what they're going through. Man, it just doesn't feel like church. And maybe some of you can, can attest to that, that you, you were kind of okay with doing church online for the first couple of weeks. And maybe those who are still watching today, you're like, man, I want to be there in person, but I just can't be. And I can't wait to get back to church how it's always been. But if you're like me, that didn't last very long. That was something that became really old really quick. And I just couldn't wait to get back into doing church in person because I didn't see God moving a whole lot during that time. And maybe that was partly my fault because I was being comfortable and I wasn't really trying to challenge myself and say, hey, how can I really reach people for, for the gospel in a creative way? Because church, how I know it, it is on a standstill. Church, how I know it, is totally different. And then youth ministry came into play. And I'm like, man, how are we going to meet? Because youth ministry is strictly relational. It's hanging out, being in person, doing life together, doing fun events, seeing that girl and that guy you like, you're like, <laughs> you know, awkwardness. It's about, hey guys, it's about all that stuff, right? So I'm like, okay, we'll try the Zoom thing. So we're on Zoom and I, to be honest, there were times it was like 6.59 and I'm like, man, I could just say like I'm sick and not like, not like Zoom, I hop onto Zoom. And we go onto Zoom and it was cool and all. And there was, you know, I could see me and see them. We'd play games and like we do like a Bible study and like a service and the cameras would go off. People would leave. And I'm like, man, this is like not good. Like there was a point that being comfortable with the way we were doing church in the beginning when COVID was first coming out, when restrictions were first place, we were in the purple tier and church was shut down. For a little bit, it was okay. For the first couple of weeks, it served its purpose. But then I began to get a little antsy with it. And my, I saw my students begin to get a little antsy with it. And I wonder how many of you also had that same experience where you go, man, it's just not the same. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing God really move in any way in my life right now because every day seems to be the same thing over and over and over again. And I want to ask this question to you. I want to ask this question, what if we as a church, what if we got comfortable with doing church that way? What if we got comfortable with just doing church at home and strictly online, all snuggled up with our hot coffee or our iced coffee on our comfortable couch, on the recliner, maybe even in our bed? What if the church got comfortable with doing live stream? And we said, you know what? Let's not try to work. Let's not try to think. Let's not try to plan and see maybe what God's calling us to do, even though things are restricted right now. Even though meeting in person is kind of difficult and spacing things out is hard. And we have a lot of tech that we have to move from inside to outside. And there's a lot of technical issues. The tent makes a lot of noise. If you were here on Christmas Eve, there are moments I thought this thing was going to fly. I was like, Lord, let it please stay down. 
But what if we got comfortable as a church so we didn't think outside the box? So we said, you know what? The live stream will do. It's somewhat easier for all our staff members because there's less work to do. Then there's a lot of prep we don't have to do like we would normally when we meet in person. Man, this is nice. Well, what if the church got comfortable? Well, I can tell you this. If that happened, there would be some things that happened when we were actually being proactive that wouldn't have happened. We had two people get baptized. We had two people that shared their testimony that worked well at our church and worked in certain people's hearts. There were some individuals who said, hey, I still want to serve in some sort of capacity, even though I can't be there in person, but what does that look like? We, we had the opportunity to have this tent. If we got comfortable, there would have been so many things during this COVID season that wouldn't have happened, but it's because we responded to what God has called us as a church to do that these things started to happen, that God's calling on our life to not just be comfortable with what things are, that we saw God move. And I hope that you had some experiences of this this year. There's a great example of this in Acts chapter four. This is where we're gonna be in the remainder of this talk. But we see that the disciples kind of had a similar decision to make, that there were certain restrictions put on them, that there were certain things that they were told not to do. And they had this moment of, man, do, do we listen or, or do we step out of bounds? Do, do we follow these things or do we not follow these things? And before we get into it, this sermon isn't about fighting the power. This sermon's not about going out there and doing everything that, you know, certain people are saying for us not to do. That's not what this sermon's about. For those watching online, this sermon isn't about you feeling guilty or feeling convicted because you can't be here. Because I understand that some people just can't be in person. And that's totally fine. If that's you and you're watching right now, that's totally fine. Maybe some of us have family members who are in that boat who it's just not safe for them to come out quite yet. Then maybe you didn't get to spend Christmas and Thanksgiving with them because it's not quite safe. And that is totally fine. But what this sermon's gonna be about is just challenging you to be creative, to step out in a way that's safe for you and those around you to live out your faith and to hear what God has called you to do. Because I think here as a pastoral staff, I think Pastor Carlos and Larry made some very wise decisions. They took time to pray. They took time to fast and really listen for the voice of God because it was difficult to hear that during this time. There are a lot of information that was coming from the outside church coming in and saying, here's what you have to do. Here are the factors. Here's the danger. Here are some things that you have to do in order to have service. And, and to me as a young pastor, that's a lot of pressure put on someone's shoulders. And that's a lot to respond to. And it was, a, it was great because I got to experience and see them lead well and lead strong and say, you know what? Church at home, it, it's, it's great, but it's not gonna do. And they said, how, how is God gonna challenge us? How is God gonna challenge us to step outside of the restrictions that we have placed on us to be able to do this in a safe manner? And I'm so thankful that we have a pastoral staff that took time to really listen to the voice of God. But we're gonna read the scripture and then we're gonna apply it to ourselves. And it's gonna get a little bit hard. It's gonna get a little bit challenging. But let me encourage you with this. Whenever you feel some sort of uncomfortability with what the Bible says, that's because God's stirring in your heart. It happens with me all the time. There are things that come across, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. I don't wanna do that because it's calling for me to not be comfortable. It's calling me to respond, to act, to step out of faith. And I'm someone that doesn't really like to do that. I, I like to be comfortable. I like to, to know all the possible outcomes and, and know it's gonna be easy road. So if you start to feel something that you're just like, oh, what is that? It's probably God saying, hey, 
I'm calling you to do something. So this is Acts chapter 4, verse 1. If you don't have your Bible, we're going to have the verses up on the screens. This is what it says here. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers and elders and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there, and so were Saiphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to the account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, and this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which you must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could not see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. See, the disciples had a moment kind of like we did this year, where they were faced with, hey, we don't want you to do this. Hey, there are some things that you're saying that we don't agree with, and we're going to put a restriction on you. And yes, it looks different from what the restrictions we've had. Yes, it looks different from the things that have been shut down and postponed and canceled like we've experienced. But there's also some things put on us. With church being shut down, it's very difficult to do godly things in the way that you and I have experienced it pre-COVID all the way back. It was hard to get involved here because the doors weren't open. It was hard for you to serve and to go to Long Beach because that wasn't a thing temporarily. It was hard for us to do church the way we've normally experienced it. It was difficult to do that because we weren't meeting in person. And I think sometimes when we get really comfortable, we just get used to the way things have been. We just get used to doing things the way that we're doing it. And I think that's very dangerous, not only for the church, but also for your faith. I think it's very dangerous for us to be comfortable with just sitting at home, doing church the new COVID way, and not trying to proactively get your faith and get serving and doing things that God has called you to do. Because imagine if Peter and John got comfortable. Imagine if when they were told, 
by the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, and all these leaders saying, hey, this name you're speaking about, this Jesus, the way he's, that you say he's resurrected from the dead and how he's healing people and how you're claiming that he is God in flesh, those statements that you're saying, that's not going in line with our rules. We want you to not say that name ever again. Imagine if they listened. We probably wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be reading this book because it wouldn't have been passed around. We wouldn't have church because they would have not gone all over the world and started churches. If they got comfortable with what they were being restricted with, we probably wouldn't be here today. You probably wouldn't know this church. You probably wouldn't have seen God work through your lives the way he has through this church. And we as pastors wouldn't be able to see how God has used you to bless this church if these two men and the others got comfortable. But they didn't. They said, okay, we're going to work around these, these boundaries. We're going to work around these restrictions. And we're still going to go out there and proclaim the name of Christ, even though they're telling us not to. And see, you and I are faced with a similar circumstance. We're faced with a similar decision that we have to make. That, okay, church looks completely different now. We never thought we'd be outside under a tent in these really cold circumstances. We never thought that we would have to go on a strictly live stream for four months. I never thought I'd have to replan winter camp and summer camp. Okay, church is different. It's not the same. It's difficult. And maybe it's even a little bit scary being in person because you never know if you're going to be at risk to get COVID or not. And if you and I get comfortable with those things, if we don't challenge ourselves to step out in faith, but also in a responsible, safe way, we're going to get comfortable, guys. We're not going to see God move as much because church looks different. Serving looks different. Being in person looks different for some people. And if you and I aren't willing to challenge ourselves like these disciples did, then we're just going to have another year where our faith is just going to be stale. We're going to have another year where we just don't do anything. and We just go with the flow. And I think that the gospel always moves in a time of restriction. If you look at the church history, it was put under a lot of more pressure than you and I are experiencing today. They didn't have a threat of being shut down. They didn't have a threat of the police showing up and finding them. They had the threat of being put to death for their faith. There were some people who followed Christ who were boiled alive. Others were thrown into an arena with lions and they were ripped apart. Some were, some were tied by all their limbs with horses. And they said, if you don't deny the faith, if you don't denounce who Jesus is, then we're going to kill you. We had people in the church history who were under those circumstances. And what did they do? They didn't say, oh, I guess we have to wait until this government goes out of power so Christianity could be a thing again. No, they said, you know what? If Jesus is who he is that he say he is, then we can live our faith out. And here we are today because of that. Now, I want to challenge you with this question. Is what are you going to do? What are you going to do this next year? How is God calling you to step up and serve in a new creative way? How has God challenged you to be a part of this in a safe way, and for those online, 
if that's you, how is God challenging you to be a part of this church in a safe way? Because I think if we just get comfortable with the way things are now, we're not going to see God move a lot in this church or in our own lives this next year. Because God wants you to move. He wants you to act. He wants you to step out in faith and listen to where he's guiding you. Listen to where he's calling you. And I believe every single one of you, God is calling you to do something. To be creative. To be proactive instead of reactive. To think what serving looks like for you. To think what being a part of the church looks like for you. We had somebody who... Um, did this really cool serving for us. And I thought it was really awesome. Um, but we were originally planning to do some cool like little candle lights for our Christmas Eve service. And we had about 200 candles that we ordered from Amazon. Um, and the great thing about it is that they didn't come with batteries. So I had the choice to say, okay, am I going to want to sit there um, with 200 candles and possibly put 200 to 400 batteries in each one? You know, one, two, screw it on put it down, you know, am I going to want to do that? And to be honest, that, that's not the most exciting thing. Like when I hear about serving for God, I don't go, man, putting batteries in a candle, woohoo! the Holy Spirit jumped inside of me. That's, that's, just not, that's just not the way I work. But there, there was somebody who that's the way God works in their life. There was someone who said, you know what? That's the way I would love to serve the church. And at a first glance, and the first thought, you hear that, you go, what's that? 200 candles and putting batteries in it? How was God going to work in that? That's just something that's silly. But, but what that is, is somebody taking on something off of the pastoral staff's shoulders so we can focus on other things. So for us, it was a huge blessing, mostly for me. <laughs> but it was great because this individual is someone who can't be here in service because it's not safe for their family member. And this person could have gotten comfortable with just doing church online from a distance, hands off, saying, oh, this is great. My coffee, ice are hot with my blanket on my bed, on my couch, on the recliner. And it's great. I can wake up 10 minutes before church starts. I love this. But that person goes, you know what? I feel like I want to get involved because this church online stuff, it's just not really working. So I reached out to this individual and said, hey, would you like to do this? Because I, I just don't want to do it. They said, yeah, sure. Drove here, picked it up, went home, put all 400 batteries into these candles. And I said, that's cool. Okay, I'm going to challenge this individual with something else. So I said, hey, you know, we need coffee here because Kenny Hill's French Church, we're coffee drinkers. And the coffee doesn't get here itself. Thank you, David. We have to go out and get it. We have to grind it. And there's people who serve and make it. Would you like to go, you know, once a month or once every three months to get our coffee supply and you save your receipt and the church will, you know, reimburse you? Would you like to do that? Once again, this person, it's not safe for them to be around others because they have a family member who is at risk. But that person, you know what? I can work within those boundaries. I can go to Costco and get some coffee beans and, and grind it and then bring it to the church. And that may just seem like two small things that may not make any difference in the church. But what I see is somebody who sees the way church has been restricted. And it's just not comfortable with that. But more importantly, they're not just comfortable with sitting down and standing back and watching church being done by everybody else. 
It was somebody who said, you know what? I want to get involved because I just don't like being comfortable with my faith. And I want to do something that may seem really small, but it's still going to bless the pastoral staff. It's going to bless the church. We have hot coffee to drink. But I'm sure that person saw God move in those small ways in their life. See, I want to challenge you guys with that question. Is what are you going to do this year? What does that look like for you? In a small way that you may seem that may seem insignificant. And you may say, oh, it's not going to bless the church at all. The pastoral staff's not going to notice that thing. There's no way that's going to move in the kingdom of God. I want to challenge you to think otherwise. Because when the church has an opportunity to get comfortable, God always calls them to step outside of that and do something for the kingdom. So I want to challenge you with that same thing. Is how are you going to be proactive and not reactive? How are you going to get creative with serving? How are you going to get creative with being a part of this church, whether that's from live stream or in person? How are we going to get creative? Because the church isn't made of, of five, six pastoral staff members. It's made of you guys. We can have five, six staff members here, and we could do all this stuff, but we'd be speaking to nobody. We'd be serving nobody. But the church body is made up of you, individuals, people with stories, with life experiences. And if the church won't move unless you guys move. And I would love for this church to be known as a church that doesn't sit on the sidelines and just do things the way church is now in COVID time. I would love this to be known as a church that is active, that gets creative with serving the community, gets creative with serving people in our own church that are hurting and that need to hear the gospel. I want to see this church be a church that isn't comfortable with the way things are. That says, you know what? I got to do something. So I want to challenge you to pray, maybe even fast, but just really seek the voice of God and say, God, where are you leading me to step out in faith like the disciples of God? Where are you challenging me to do something this year? Because God, this year has been a whole lot of nothing. And I know you don't save us to don't, not do things, but you save us to do something. So God, what does that look like for me? So we pray over you. God, thank you for those who are able to make it here in service, God. I pray for those who are at home who just can't be here, God, because they have loved ones who maybe are just at risk, Father. But Lord, more importantly, I thank you for your word and for the way it can challenge us, God. For the way, Lord, that sometimes we get comfortable and God, you call us to step out of faith. So Lord, each person who's sitting here watching online, I ask them, God, that you will remind them of what you called them to do. Of how you want them to step out. Of how you want them to do something this next year, God. And that you would remind them and you would show them of what that is right now. God, I ask that you would protect them as they step out in faith and do that thing that you've called them to do. I ask that you will bless them for being obedient to your word and to your voice as they step out in faith and do that thing. But more importantly, God, I ask that through their actions, through their serving, through their faithfulness to you, that your Belinda, Anaheim Hills, and all the surrounding cities around us, God, will see that. They will see our faithfulness as a church to your word and that the gospel will be spread in our local communities, God, because individuals decided to take your call and your voice seriously. So God, we thank you for this church body. We thank you for those watching online, God. 
and we seek your face and we ask that you show us what it is you're calling us to do in this next year. So Father, we love you and we pray these things in your holy name. Amen.